Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, Jenny. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. Definitely. Um, yeah, so Jenny, I'm here with Jenny Brown, and Jenny is an amazing artist. I immediately fell in love with her work when I saw it. And I think I came to know your work because you submitted to an open call, maybe, or yeah, um, I think so. I think it was one of the one of your open calls. Yeah, and for Eric we sort of got connected mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, and now. Um, Jenny is having a show with Eric Contemporary, and that is coming up. Um, that will be on April 8th, I think. Is it the Yes, April 8th. April 8th. April 8th. And um, that's going to be a virtual show, um, but Jenny's going to speak about her work, and we're going to like go through um, all of the work and show it in a virtual gallery. And um, it's all new work created just for this show, and it's just stunningly beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's really it's been a lot amazing. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I love it. Um I I have my eye on one. I don't know, we'll have to see. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So um so that is Jenny and I just wanted to read a little bit about you Jenny just so that people sure. have um, since since the podcast isn't really a visual medium, I just wanted to describe it. Um, real fast. And I just love your artist statement. Um, And it says over the past two decades, Jenny has been making art, which questions our long held understandings of time, space, energy, and matter with a focus on visualizing the most lush and ethereal phenomena of the natural world. My collages and drawings are first and foremost celebrations of the ongoing physical and spiritual evolution of our universe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as an artist who sees the process of creating art as nonlinear, Jenny finds um, that she experiences the past, present, and future lives of her work all simultaneously. The use of layered antique collage, which comes into her work already steeped in its own rich histories, provides a building blocks for illustrating the complexities of what was, what is, and what could be. It is her hope that the work can serve as a map to the intersections of nature, nostalgia, and creative energy. And yeah, that is so amazing. And I just wanted to um, share that with the listeners um, so that they kind of have an idea of your work. Um, and, and after hearing that, there's going to be a link to her work. So um, you can look in the show notes and like see it for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jenny, um, I see that we are in your studio. Yes. (laughs) It's a very, very small, but very uh, densely packed 
space mm -hmm. with all kinds of treasures. Yes. Treasures is such a good word because I think of your work as it's like so um, they're like little jewels and they're like oh. very precious. I don't yes, know. I love I love thinking of all objects as jewels, whether or not they happen to be that mm -hmm. or a book or a photograph. But yeah, mm -hmm. they are. It's like a little treasure trove. Yeah, sure. yeah. And um, and so tell us a little bit about your process, Jenny. So the process is really multifaceted and a lot of the process is before the art actually is physically made. So oh, really? I'm searching for materials. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, collecting um, in the case for this show, specifically photographs and postcards, mm -hmm. uh, ones that catch my eye, one that I feel like I can get like some sort of energy or vibration from, mm -hmm. and then putting them out. You know, it could be for a couple of weeks, a month, a year. As time goes by, I start to pick and choose which ones I mm -hmm. think could develop into something more. And I feel the same way about my collage clippings, hence why I have stuff all over <laughs> the table, <laughs> all over these tables, all over my kitchen table at home, all over the mm -hmm. walls. That way, it they sort of speak to me at different times, like, mm -hmm. you know, a, a photograph of a woman may not work at one point, but then I'll see one of my clippings of roses and then I'll see that and I'll see that there's some sort of connection there. So a lot of it is the searching, which is so fun. Mm -hmm. um, the sorting, the yeah. organizing and sort of waiting for the, the right time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I look at your work, I am so like transfixed by it, but I also think like, wow, this, this must take such patience to find all these things that go so perfectly together. And it's funny because I tend not to be a very patient person, except for in this process, like mm -hmm. patience is like the one sort of thing that I'm constantly having to work on in the rest of my life. But I, I could be endlessly patient when it comes mm -hmm. to art. So, mm -hmm. you know, I could, I have a piece here that I started five years ago that just seemed wow. like kind of a bust. And so I put it away and now it's back. And I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Now I have this piece, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm, sort of. I love that. That's so great. Because <laughs> I feel like once a, a certain time has passed on my pieces, like I never really go back to them. Like, uh, like I get it out. Sometimes I'll like get out old pieces and I'm like, do I, I, I really need to finish this. And I just like, I just like can't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I totally understand that. And then do you ever have pieces? I do this too, where you're just like, I'm embarrassed by this. I don't like it. I have to put mm -hmm. it away. And then you take it out years later or, or, you know, weeks later and you're like, okay, it's not so bad. And then yeah. for me, I realize like I'm bringing in like outside mm -hmm. influences into it. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I try to be really careful about not ditching anything. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be, when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I'm throwing this out. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Don't throw it out. I mean, at least for me, but I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, this is something I've talked to artist friends about before, because I think we all as artists have pieces that were like, mm, that didn't turn out right. Or I don't know if I would ever want to exhibit that. So yeah, yeah. I'm curious, what do you do with those pieces? Uh, I have them in my studio. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I only have done one series of pieces. I'm looking at them right now, which are like four almost four feet 
you know, mm -hmm. so most of my things are very small. Mm -hmm. So I do have a lot of collage works, especially ones on photos and postcards, which I find are much harder to do than my other ones in my flat files. And mm -hmm. I sort of just cover them up. Oh, you cut them up. I cut them up. I cover them up. I, um, you know, change the, put them in a frame to see how they look different, but this, they usually live somewhere in here. Um, okay. I've, Interesting. Yeah. So you, you reuse them then. I constantly reuse stuff because I feel like, especially with my bigger collages and even to a certain point, my drawings, I have a tendency to go a little overboard mm -hmm. because there's just so much great material. Mm -hmm. like I just want to use it all. Yeah. And they're, that's why I try to do a couple at a time so that I'm not just putting everything on one. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes I don't do that. And I'm like, I love this flower, this shell, this glittery mm -hmm. piece. And I've just got to throw it all in. Mm -hmm. um, that becomes very dangerous. <laughs> and so then I'll look and I'll be like, whoa, I like kind of an over the top. Mm -hmm. look but this is even too much for me so uh -huh. he has to go take a break <laughs> and then yeah, sometimes yeah. I cut it up and start over it wow yeah. oh that's interesting okay yeah. which is huh. I allow myself to cut them up put them in a yeah. paper cutter my husband was like what are you doing stop <laughs> you yeah. know but maybe I'll see something different if mm -hmm. I see it you know in smaller bits or right you know right. I, I have a better tendency to find something usable that's so interesting right, because yeah. do you know um well you've exhibited with her nancy b miller yes yeah you know her work um so she did this piece um she lives right around the corner from me actually but um she did this piece of it was like a landscape it was like a seascape and and then she did a portrait on top of it and she turned the landscape sideways so that like the ocean was like vertical oh and i love this portrait on top of it and it really worked it was like very very strong and um super I was cool. like yeah wow that's that. really interesting and you know who else has done that I, I actually heard him um lecture about that um do you know the painter John Curran yes, yes yeah I do he, he does he paints over old ones yeah um some of I didn't his, know that yeah some of his some of actually my favorite paintings of his were done where he was like, I was just really unhappy with this piece and I decided to just paint a huge figure over it. But then like the background is so unusual because it was actually a fully formed painting before right. that, you know? Right. Um, so that's an, that's a very interesting idea. I need to try that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like because I have a tendency to get things so saturated, mm -hmm. if I'm not like in the right headspace, it, yeah. it, and there's always like that feeling with collage, especially like if you happen to spend a lot of money on some of the materials, like with any art supply or a book that you cut up, you're like, well, this has got to be good. Otherwise it's not, you know, it's going to be a waste. Yeah. I've had to like completely let that go. Yeah. Completely oh, that's... let that go. It's really tough, but I used to be like, this book cost a hundred dollars and mm -hmm. it's full of flowers and every one of them is going to be perfect in some yeah. piece of art. And no, you have, I've, I've had to ditch that. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. 
the Luminary Artist Academy is a six-month, self-paced, transformational course for contemporary realist, feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach and I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now six months from now if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com. Wow. Yeah. A recipe for disaster to think that way. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, I definitely still deal with that. I think every yeah. artist deals with yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's like, why am I spending all this money? And yeah, yeah. You put a lot of hopes on it. So for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm working on this big piece right now. And I was like, well, it has to be amazing because like I invested in this like really yeah, high quality support. And, um, but you know, I, I do, I do tend to be, um, more like precise and work harder when I have better supplies I've noticed. Yeah, it um, is. It feels really good. <laughs> it does. But I do notice that like that freedom in the brush strokes is not there as much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I get that as well. Um, yeah. I wish I was a little bit, uh, I treated my art supplies a little bit nicer. I'm totally flop <laughs> about it. So yeah, I have like one good day and then everything is sort of in a big pile. <laughs> so, um, so I know that you don't just work in collage though. You yeah. also do painting. So yes. tell us how you kind of, you do, you do different things. So tell yes. us what you do. So there's sort of the very, well, more traditional collages, which tend to be on a plain background, mm -hmm. um, not a found object or found materials. Um, 
those are really more focused studies on the being mm -hmm. rather than a story, I think, mm -hmm. because there's no interaction with the background in that same way. Then um, really my first love has always been working on photos and mm -hmm. postcards, which I've been doing since college, but I just didn't have a great way of conveying something that made sense. Like I just was like, oh, this is such a cool old photo. I'm going to put some paint on it. Mm -hmm. Teacher would be like, but why? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. Cause it seems like it looks cool, mm -hmm. but, and it, and I think it did, but like, where was I going with it? Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to develop that. So there's sort of the more storyteller. I like to think of them pieces, um, mm -hmm. which are photos and, and postcards and found objects. And then I do a lot of drawing. Mm -hmm. I drew a lot. And then for years, I never drew. When I was working my day job, having a sketchbook became a really easy way to fit in some art time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, before work or at lunch or on the way home. And then I became obsessed with it, just completely obsessed with it. And I realized that spending that time just getting all those lines out um, was much better for my art too. Mm -hmm. Overall, like as a, yeah. as, a, as a whole body of work. And then of course, you know, we have COVID. So comes into play and we're spending all this time outside and enjoying our state because we're not socializing my husband and I so many with so many people and I just find that I want to start drawing from life which was very rare for me to do and oh interesting that um and what state I, are you in I'm in Rhode Island I live in Providence Rhode Island so we have a gorgeous coastline mm. and go down to Newport and Jamestown and all those places. And just, oh my gosh, I love uh, that. I love it. Yeah. I, it's yeah. sort of like, in a way, it sort of all came together because I did a project for a hotel here that wanted all old postcards of Newport, which mm -hmm. I happened to have some, and then I found more. And then I brought in sort of the natural elements to it of of our environment here in Rhode Island, which is just mm -hmm. so gorgeous mm -hmm. and sort of put them right on there. But I think that um, drawing is, is better for my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love different things that I can express with it where collages tend to be a little bit tighter and denser. Mm -hmm. um, gives me a chance to work on my line. And then I sort of slowly started bringing it more into my collages, which used to have very little line and just like tiny little dots mm -hmm. of energy and things like that on it. So I don't mm -hmm. know, I, th I feel like as I get older and I work more, they, they make more sense together. Like I don't feel like anymore, like I would look at them and be like, wow, these are three different people making mm -hmm. this work. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. starting to be a whole story on their own. Right. Right. That's, and I feel like that's like the goal for a lot of artists, because I feel like a lot of us start out with like, wow, I love this thing. Like I love, um, you know, painting really impasto and like really wildly. Mm -hmm. but I also love like making these tiny little details, like super realistic. And then like, as the artist like goes throughout their life, they, they, they find a way to like incorporate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that it really has taken me, especially in the past 10 years, mm -hmm. um, a lot of work to get to that point mm -hmm. because 
it did feel a little bit weird and very disconnected, but I think if I put them together, that's why I like to display things on my wall a lot, mm -hmm. um, the postcards, the drawings, to sort of see if they could flow together as a, mm -hmm. a visual story. And I think that they, they do now. I don't think they did before, but I think they're starting to now. That's amazing. Um, what are some of the ways that you have, um, like, are there any particular strategies that you use to like discover ways to incorporate all of your different styles? I you mean, try different things. I think that the first strategy has been that I had to really let go of the idea that like, I'm a painter, I'm a collagist, I'm that. So breaking down that complete barrier. Mm -hmm. um, and then on another level, especially in this age of social media and internet and lockdowns, you know, turning that into something that's just purely existing online or is a product. Um, Right. I had very, very preconceived ideas about that, um, about what, which just seems so silly now, like, well, that's art and that's craft and that's a product and none of them sort of, you know, they're not the same thing, but for me now they are. Mm -hmm. And so once I've kind of got rid of that sort of pre- that structure that had somehow gotten in my mind that this is fits into this category. Um, mm -hmm. It really allowed me to work freer, mm -hmm. you know, like it not be afraid. And also then I had to think like, what do I care? Like, what does anybody care whether or not, like I make all these weird things in here, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe no one will ever see them. Maybe they will. It won't matter well, if I keep already seeing them. Yeah. You know, like, it, but it allows me getting rid of those preconceived notions was the best strategy for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because like, it just like, I don't have any fear about taking this book over here and drawing in it and then setting that aside and doing this and counting them all as the same level of, of, of my, you know, my body of work. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And if I think for a person who is into collage, I think it's a really good idea to try to slow roll yourself on the, on the, you know, the process of putting things down because it can become very overwhelming. That's why I've sort of set up this system of having a lot of stuff out a lot of the time so that I can put them together, put them aside and not sort of like put all my hopes and dreams on one piece and start getting yeah. everything down. Mm. I, I find that that's not a good idea. So that strategy works better for me. It mm. may result in a little bit less finished product or a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, and a lot of mess, <laughs> which I'm fine with, but you know, some people have a different way of organizing their studio. Um, yeah. Creative chaos. Yeah. I mean, my, we got a lot of chaos in here, mm -hmm. but in a good mm -hmm. way. So, yeah, 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 definitely. That's really interesting. So you felt that like collage was a craft and like painting was art. Yeah. And I think that I didn't feel that way before I went to school. And mm -hmm. then even though I was very lucky to go to great schools, both undergrad and grad, there was a little go? bit of, a, so I went to Bennington undergraduate, um, which really like allowed me to see that I could make these weird photograph postcard things if I wanted to and just 
have them be whatever they are. Mm -hmm. But there was a little bit of like the hierarchy, like, well, these the painters are the artists. <laughs> these are the textile department. They're the crafters. Mm -hmm. And it was a little like that in grad school, too, which is um, I went to SVA School of Visual mm -hmm. Arts in New York. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, hmm. you know, I, both of them being very like open, lib liberal process, like accepting of all kinds of different forms. But there was still that little bit of like, well, we've got the abstract expressionist esque mm -hmm. people over here. We're going right, to spend right. a lot of time talking about them. And then mm -hmm. we're going to get over here and like, yeah, it's a little crafty. Like, what's the yeah. story? There was a little bit of weirdness. Now, did you feel like after you experienced that, did you feel a little bit like, um, did you feel like it affected like your concept of yourself as an artist? Yes, absolutely. But I also was so intensely in it, especially in grad school. I mean, like I was like taking things way too seriously. And um, as the years went by, I started to let that go. It definitely okay. made me feel weird. Like people would kind of look I was really, really into the photographs for one point of grad school and all of my advisors were like, you need to dump this right now <laughs> and focus on some other things because I don't understand what you're doing. Like, it's interesting, but I don't get where you're going with all of it. Yeah, but and sometimes me, you, you don't yeah. know until yeah. you, you, you pursue it far enough, right? Exactly. And I just was like, ah, oh, they must be right because they're the teachers mm -hmm. and what they did do a great job of by saying that is it allowed me to rally later, years mm -hmm. later, and be like, no, you know what? Actually, I think there is something there. I am going to go back and I'm going to pursue that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that they had me step aside and like, you know, work on my drawing skills and work mm -hmm. on my, you know, art history and all of that kind of stuff. But I know that there's something there. Yeah. So I think really what their intention was like, you have to be committed to it. So like, if you're just doing this, like as exploratory, don't like spend that much time on it. But I think that they were really trying to get me to recognize what is it that I want to commit to later. Right, right. And okay. it mm -hmm. kept coming back and coming back and coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so I realized I, I think I was on to something, but I definitely appreciate those moments and breaks in school where I was encouraged to do something else mm -hmm. because then mm -hmm. it makes you want it then you're like oh well I just want to do the stuff that I want to do yeah I have that and then, same you know too. like but you know it's all a process all mm -hmm. a process of and you know I just I found a way to take what they told me take some of it with a grain of salt yeah take some of it very seriously and be appreciative of it and then a couple of the comments be like I I just that doesn't right. matter it doesn't matter right right you yeah. can um you can like take what works for you exactly now, when, you, when you went there were you like straight out of high school or um, no, no no so I went to college right out of high school mm -hmm. but I didn't go to grad school till eight years later eight or nine oh, years later wow. I really okay. like I tried but I couldn't get in anywhere and mm. I think I had this like love of found materials but it wasn't really flushed out yet mm -hmm. And then, you know, I had all these people being like, we really like your drawings, but like, you just, you need to spend more time on them. I couldn't quite um, 
figure out the right portfolio to present, mm -hmm. you know, like what would make sense. So they were very incoherent. And I, I realize okay. that now. Um, and then the eighth year that I applied to grad school. Now, were you applying and like all the same places, like year after um, year? Most of the time, except for year eight when I applied to SVA, which I had never applied to before. Hmm. Um, I just really like went hardcore and like I found all these old drawings and like scrapbooks and I just paint, I oil painted over them and they mm -hmm. like bled all over the paper. And I just was like, well, this is fun. Like this is makes sense to me. So I'm just going to put this out there. And I got it, oh, wow. <laughs> which was amazing um, because I think, I think I was tailoring my other portfolios to the idea of like, what is art? Like these paintings, trying to throw a little figure in, try to do this and really like, I'm very organized about certain things and I'm a total slob about other things. And I love the mess and the chaos and the foul materials and drawing on top of other things. So I was like, I'll just do this. And that was actually the only school. I got to. Wow. <laughs> and I used that portfolio. Um, I didn't no, use it for anybody a, else. Yeah. That's such a great lesson for artists out there. Like, yeah like the, the one place that you were truly like showing your true colors, like yourself, your, your vision, like yeah. without being ashamed of it, like you found success because they probably sensed that. Yeah. I like, I felt really good when I sent it in, you know, like I was like, all right, like this makes sense. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll take this work and I'll do something else with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's you know, it could be, it could, turn into something else so. mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's the great thing about artwork is like even if you like apply to something whether it's like a show or mm -hmm. a program or something and like even if you get rejected you still have that work that you can like send out to like another opportunity you know I know it's great and then you yeah. have like a nice cohesive body of work mm -hmm. it'll yeah. find a home one day I know it's Absolutely. frustrating, but it actually, it's great because then you have this nice selection of items to send right. out to places. Right. Yeah. Sure. So I'm curious, how many artworks do you make in, I don't know, like a year? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, or maybe like, maybe it's better to start with like a month. Let's see. So I definitely am working on my art every day. I would say it's gone down a little bit. So maybe like four posts, four, four pieces that fit into the category of photo postcard, mm -hmm. um, four drawings, let's mm -hmm. say bigger drawings, like an 11 by 14 drawing that have a lot of detail to them and have been worked on over, you know, a week or two, and then make maybe one or two larger object focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to make little collages every day when I had a day job, just like make something and put it aside, make something putting it aside every day. Um, wow. Now, of course, I have the time to really focus on it and develop it. Um, but I'm glad I did that. I don't think a lot of them came, are really that great, but I think that it was good practice for me. Yeah, and, yeah definitely. Uh, you know, they live somewhere in here in a box. I'll find them one day and it'll be a really great surprise. Um, <laughs> it'll be a great surprise. Um, but yeah, so I would say about that's 
give or take a, you know, one or two on each of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, I, I think it very, for me, it largely depends on like the size of the thing that I'm working Yeah. On. Yeah. Cause um, you work medium big. Do you ever work really big? Um, I, I have done a few really big pieces. They're, yeah. they're kind of harder to place. So, um, they're also harder to store and harder to ship. So oh my gosh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, I know from these, this series of like three, but three feet by four feet, mm-hmm. like, how am I going to get it anywhere? People are like, yeah. Oh, no way <laughs> yeah. to ship that. Right. And, oh. um, I made this really big piece. That's like, it's like seven feet long and it's like five feet wide. And, um, and it's tough because that piece I made in 2014, and I think it's a really strong piece, um, but it's hanging in my house because if I want to show it anywhere, I need to rent a truck. Wow. Yeah. You know, because it's not, it's on panel. So I can't like, just like take it off the stretcher bars or anything. And um, so that kind of like gave me a really good lesson, like to, at least for now, I'm, I'm just like making things that fit inside of my car so that, yeah that's, that's so it's not like okay. a barrier you know yeah. <laughs> that and, makes sense but I have thought about doing like a multi-panel thing where like you can take the panels and stack them and and, sh- and ship them because the, they're smaller panels but then when, when you put them all together then it looks like a larger piece yes yeah so I, I know think- it's very like I know <laughs> I know I I always want to work bigger sorry I'm going to try to turn this off because I think what happened is I lost my phone the other day and then I started trying to get text messages on here and now oh, nothing, I can't shut, nothing shut. is nothing's interrupting. I didn't hear anything. Oh, you can't hear it. Okay. Nope. Perfect. No. All right. <laughs> yes. It keeps beeping because I had to, to switch to using um, my computer for text. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We can't hear anything. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I won't worry then. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it's, it's so funny because as an artist, you do have to think of like the practical things like that too. So. I know, I know. And that can be, um, I know it feels like, it feels like it, it sort of keeps you from getting to explore certain things, but I think, you know, maybe at different, you know, we'll find ourselves having different spaces or different circumstances where right, doing right. something bigger will, will make more sense. I mean, when I worked in my house and I didn't have a studio, this size was the size, you know, mm-hmm. because that's right. what I could keep. Right. Now I can have, you know, more opportunity to do things. So do you, or do you rent like a separate studio or? Are you- I do. Yes. So I had a studio long ago. Uh, when I met my husband, I moved to Rhode Island and we have um, a, a one bedroom apartment, but I really wasn't in a financial place to be able to have another studio. Uh, separate, separate. So I turned the kitchen into a studio, which was actually pretty fun and pretty Mm -hmm. wild. And, and (laughs) fortunately my husband, who is a neat freak, uh, was able to get down with it (laughs) because it, you know, I could just, his face, he would be like, wow, what a wall in here is covered. And then (laughs) about four years ago, by total chance, uh, I met someone who, um, has a studio in this building, which is the YWCA here in Rhode Island. Um, they had this whole office building attached that wasn't being utilized. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to start offering it to people as studios. Wow. Um, 
and there happened to be an opening and I happened to be there and I just said, I'm doing it. And so yeah. it's very, you know, it's low cost. It's very friendly. It's very, uh, nice and, and a great environment. So mm -hmm. I, I'm very happy to have it. Um, oh, that's great. So, so, so you work with a bunch of other artists there. Then. Yeah, there are other artists here. There's also a school and a daycare and a variety oh, wow. of other programs. So there's always some sort of like hustle and bustle going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for a while, there are different artists come and go, different groups, theater, all kinds of stuff happening. So it's a nice environment, but I can also just sort of be by myself if I want to. Right. Um, yeah, that is And nice. it gives me a nice place to, to keep all my treasures mm -hmm. because I do love antiquing and things like that. But mm -hmm. I mean, in a tiny one bedroom apartment, mm -hmm. it gets overwhelming. And so this also gives me mm -hmm. a place to put all that stuff and look at it. Mm -hmm. So I like having it all out. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. I love beautiful things too. I know it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I love to see them and touch them and every yeah. day, but um, yeah, can that's get amazing. And you can really feel that in your work too, that you just like really love like the texture of things and the, the natural beauty of things. I also just want to like spotlight your use of color is so striking and beautiful. Like I'm thinking of your paintings that are, they have just like the flat background of one color. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these different um, painted and collage elements in them. Oh, they're just gorgeous. I oh, just, thank you. Thank so, you. So fresh too, very contemporary. And thank you. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of contemporary art is like, is not very like aesthetically pleasing, but right. your contemporary, <laughs> yours feels contemporary, but it's also like so gorgeous as well. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's a, for a while, I just worked in black and white, which was really wild. And mm -hmm. I was very afraid to have those sort of striking backgrounds. And then really you worked in black and white. That's I was, my entire second half of grad school was all black and white charcoal, <sighs> which was great. I guess at the time it's hard, <laughs> hard to picture now. Yeah. Um, me doing that. And I think it had a lot to do with, I didn't want things to be bright and colorful because I wasn't ready to have a lot of eyes on things. Mm. That's really the only way I can think of it because I love color so much now. Yeah. I just want to be in it and around it and just mm -hmm. bathed in it. Um, I think I was like trying to hide a little bit. Yeah. And you know, there is, there is like an idea in like the, the fine art world that like, um, the more kind of tasteful and downplayed your work is, mm -hmm. the more serious you will be taken. Exactly. It's like another sort of like in the back of our minds, yeah. like, yes. And, and I've also had to accept that there are people who see my artwork, like the ones that are on the flat plane. And they're like, it's, they have a lot of comments that I don't think are meant to be derogatory, mm -hmm. but they're a little bit like, like oh they're so shiny and sparkly mm -hmm. and like but you can tell in the way they say them like I don't know maybe they don't take them as seriously but again like that's a lesson for me like I just need to let that go because mm -hmm. maybe it speaks to them in that way and that's great um but it's again those preconceived notions in the back of my head that if somebody mm -hmm. said it was like sparkly like that they mm -hmm. wouldn't think it was serious Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what it's you really mean. It's really hard for me to explain. And like, I like sparkly, mm -hmm. but you know, I think it's all about breaking down those sort of mm -hmm. parameters and understanding mm -hmm. that 
you know, all of them, all of the work is serious. Yeah. It can be fun exactly. and playful, but it's serious. It's, it's, it's commemorating like, yeah. the moment. Yeah. And also like art is not just confined to serious subjects, you know, yeah. um, there's definitely a place for that. And like yeah. art that like encompasses like social justice, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And then, art that's like very um extremely academic like everything down to the tiniest detail and mm -hmm. that's also like it has a seriousness to it but then we don't live in that world all the time you know we have exactly. moments of like wonder and joy and play and like um like that's part of the full spectrum of the human experience you know exactly exactly and, um, and it's so great that you're going there and you're delving into that. It's <laughs> such a fun you. place to be. Yeah, it is. It's a really fun place to be. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, what what do you have? Um, so what tell us about the works that are going to be in the show, the Eric Contemporary Show, which is called um, the Memory Palace. The Memory that. Palace. Yes. So it's going to be I. I have 12 pieces that are going to be in the show. I know uh, two that are not more that are not quite finished. I don't know if they'll sort of come to be in time. Um, mm -hmm. They're going to be all on photographs. And um, I took the name for, for the show because I was reading a book called The Extended Mind, which actually my friend wrote, um, Annie Paul, oh. um, about the what our brain is capable of that maybe we don't know and mm -hmm. how just different simple things that we do um, can trigger that. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to read that. That's yeah. Amazing. It's called the extended mind. It's great. And it's on, you can listen to it. And so I was listening to it in the month of January and it highlights this practice, not as something that we should all be taking on, but that there was a concept of this practice called the memory palace in which, in which case, you it's thousands of years old and it's a way of creating a pattern to remember things mm -hmm. so like if i had a three-bedroom house each bedroom would represent something different to remember and that's how you would remember it because you'd walk along and mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. place would represent joy or mm -hmm. and i'm i'm sure it's yeah. much more even I will, I've heard about people um, like, you know, cause pe people have these like memory competitions where they memorize numbers. Yeah, exactly. And they've described similar things that they build out. Yeah. It's like a space. And then like, they have all the numbers like lined up in different. Exactly. Places. Yeah. Which is just wild to mm -hmm. me and amazing mm -hmm. because I just, so the minute I heard that name, um, I was like, I got to take that name and use it for my show because even though I'm not, you know, creating a pattern, it's the photographs. A lot of them are pictures of houses or people in rooms mm -hmm. um, or outside their home. And I thought it just made like a nice structure of um, focusing on these photographs and instead of just seeing the people. Mm -hmm. the, the immediate image, mm -hmm. we remembered something about them, mm -hmm. something else that was important, like mm -hmm. their hopes and dreams, the things that they loved, the mm -hmm. things that they didn't like, the, mm -hmm. the, the things that they like to eat or smell or as just like another way to remember them by. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, obviously 
the title is a little bit different than what I'm doing, but I just thought it was such a cool idea. Yeah. It's like poetry. Yeah. And, um, I, I think it really, it's really amazingly because in my mind, you do make patterns. I mean, the, the works do have a pattern to them. Like if you look at them, um, like all of your work together, um, I think I, I mean, you could definitely see different patterns and stuff and patterning and <laughs> patterning. Well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted it to be a nice collection of, well, of, of these old photos that were mm. forgotten. We don't know anything about them. None of these yeah. have any real details written on the back. I mean, it's always fun when I find them and you get to know a little bit about the person mm -hmm. and thinking about that whole life that they had. Yeah. And all the things that made them who they were mm -hmm. and sort of highlighting it. And because I like things to be like a little bit trippy and fantastic, <laughs> like I want to focus on those things about them, like about yeah. things that they loved, like smells and, mm -hmm. and dreams and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. it's a, a story about learning about people we don't know. Um, yeah. Something other yeah, than I just their appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's it's so um, whimsical, imaginative, playful, beautiful, hopeful, um, <laughs> and also like there's an element to your work that feels like it's about the cycle of renewal, like yeah, like death and rebirth, and like things yeah. are growing. Yeah, and it's like I, I'm going to assume, given the age of the photographs, none of these people are still with us. But like all that life that they had, to me has to be somewhere mm -hmm. yeah so I think the renewal if that's where the kind of the renewal energy comes in mm -hmm. um I don't want to yeah yeah yeah. Seem too, yeah yeah you you I get yeah, what you're you, saying you get what I'm saying I don't well, I know sometimes energy, people are like what are you talking about no 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 well, <laughs> like, I don't know isn't like one of the first laws of thermodynamics like yeah. energy can ne neither be created nor destroyed like it's always exactly. just like it's reused. just there it's there their, mm -hmm. their energy has to be out there somewhere. So yeah, I'm, oh, totally. I'm telling it a little bit of a, I'm being the storyteller. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. Ah, that's yeah. magical. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, so everybody can check out Jenny's work. I have, um, a link to register for her show with Erica, Eric contemporary. It's free to attend and your work will be up for at least a month and, awesome. um, you can purchase right there. Um, and her work is, amazing you should all look at it and oh, then also you. i'll have a link to your just like your website as well and i'll also put your instagram in there as well yeah. so people can follow your journey that would be great great yeah. thank you so much oh my gosh thank you jenny <laughs> any last words of encouragement or advice for the artists listening out there probably to take everything that you've been told or taught or and just take it, take it with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. trust your instincts. Um, if you have an impulse to create something, I say, you should just do it. It doesn't have to have like a whole body of work behind it. Mm -hmm. Just be in tune with what you really want to do. And I think things are successful. Mm -hmm. You will be successful. Ah, I love that. Thank you so much, Jenny. Of course, of course. I will talk to you soon. I hope you have a wonderful week and thank you. To see your show. I thank you so much. Thanks for having right. me. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. 
This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.